Welcome riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Tuesday, September 15, 2015, and this is the ride. Hello my friends, beautiful day today. I got a little bit of an early start, so I entered my commute before the sun was up. And it was not a very pleasant feeling because it just reminds me that winter's on the way. Sorry to remind you of that fact, but as we approach the autumn equinox, that means the, the daytime of the of the 24-hour day is equal to the night portion of the 24-hour day. September 22nd, I think, or maybe 23rd, somewhere in there. We just keep on going and the days get shorter. The late part of our day gets shorter. I was listening to Max McLean this morning. As you know, Max is our Bible reader from BibleGateway.com. And listening to First and Second Thessalonians and first and second Timothy. Check this. I listened to four books of the Bible this morning without even lifting a page or lifting a finger to flip a page. And I think it gets into me probably deeper into my mind and into my heart. Well, maybe as deep as if I was reading it, you know, from the page with my own eyeballs. I know, it's a different thing when you hear the word. I, I've been getting a lot more when I hear it. I don't know, it's almost like when I'm reading the Bible because I'm not hearing it audibly. Some of the, especially like the letters from Paul, which you can almost read them as a dialogue, like someone's like the Apostle Paul is speaking to that particular church he's writing to. It's almost like a, a dialogue. And it, to me, it, it rings truer when I can actually hear it rather than read it. I think you get extra things no matter what you do, you know, because I don't, I'm not saying that we shouldn't read it. I'm not saying that at all. Because I'll go back and read it and pick up things I didn't hear, you know what I mean? Anyway, so, but I got four of them under my belt today. And I just think that's awesome. Especially since I know that not even two months ago, before this podcast started, I was spending this time on my commute listening to just filthy, idle talk on the radio what it was. Of course, at the time, I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of it as talk. But the more and the more the word gets into me, I realize, and I can, I can see it clearer, that some of this other stuff wasn't just what you would call um, neutral language. But it was detrimental language. Detrimental to me. Why, why do you ask? 
because I know that had I been still listening to it, at the very least, I wouldn't have wanted to get more close to the Lord, my God, as much as I have when I've taken a step away from that stuff. So there's that. I wouldn't have had... I wouldn't have strengthened my relationship to to my source of life and source of strength. That's one thing. So how's that detrimental? Seems like that would be kind of a neutral thing. Yeah, but it's detrimental because God has a calling on my life, just like he has a calling on your life. And if we're not seeking his direction and his ways, it makes it harder for us to fulfill what we were made to do. So what it does is it delays it delays the impact we can have. And I can tell you right now I feel like I am accomplishing maybe not everything I'm supposed to do but right now I am accomplishing what I need to be doing right now. I know this. I can't put a finger on how I know it, but I just know it. It's almost a faith, a knowing by faith. You know, I don't get a lot of feedback from people about the podcast, yet I know that I need to be doing it. So, so I was listing the reasons why listening to that idle stuff that what you might call is this neutral cultural language of the day you know I'm thinking in in particular of uh, of a talk radio um, morning show that I won't name but it caused but one other part of it that's detrimental is it it causes you to adopt and be very well versed at the idle arguments of the day. And if you listen to Timothy, or you know, if you read First and Second Timothy, you'll find, and maybe even Second Thessalonians too. It seemed like it was peppered all through there. You'll find that the idle arguments. were spoken of as something that we shouldn't be doing. We shouldn't be engaging in that. And I'm going to remember that, and I want you all to remember that when you are about to post a response to a flaming Facebook or YouTube or whatever if you're if you're ready to flame somebody or respond to somebody's flame ask yourself does God need you to defend him right there and are you doing more harm than good the world is a flame war it's engaged in a flame war in the spirit i almost see the world as this is basically an entire planet engulfed by this fire there's pockets of fire everywhere 
I'm seeing it right now anyway. And it's like a world of flame. And I think to myself, how am I going to quench these pockets of flame as a Christian? We're to be living in love and being drawing people to the Lord. His word defends himself. How much do we need to defend God? I mean, I don't want you to feel under condemnation um, and, you know, that you can't post any statement of your faith online. I'm not saying that. But just be cautious and think about the spirit in which you are operating when you do such a thing. Because it gets so easy to be operating in the flesh. You know this is true. It's so easy to, I'm going to get them. You know, I was watching somebody's post. I don't know who this guy is. I've been seeing him a little bit more and more lately. And I have not listened to his, you know, he's got these little videos that I find on Facebook a lot. He's uh, supposedly a Christian. I have no reason to believe he's not. But he's kind of in your face, uh, you know, an everyman kind of character. But I was just saw a glimpse of something and and he was making a point about uh, living right I guess um, and you know living you know I should be able to speak my mind blah 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 and I think it was like talking about First Amendment stuff you know like I've got the right to to give uh, give my opinion blah 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 kind of like encouraging a Christian for example to feel free to give their opinion just like I'm doing right now just like this whole podcast is all about but then he but at, at the end of it he whips out some kind of a, a machine gun kind of thing and says you know you should be able to do this because if somebody's going to challenge you on it then you can just talk about um, your second amendment rights and I'm thinking that's not the right spirit we ought to be operating under you know if they don't accept your opinion, then you just whip out your Second Amendment rights. I mean, sure, we kind of get a chuckle out of it. Sure, kind of you're right, I guess. But what you're implying is that you're going to rely on a man-made thing to defend your case of being able to spew your opinion. How about you rest on God your Savior as the reason why your opinion should be valued. I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, it seems... I'm, And I have no problem with owning guns. I don't happen to own one. But uh, I don't have a problem with that. Because I believe that that is not uh, what kill people. It's the owner who's pulling the trigger that create crimes. But I'm not going to go there. And that's not what this is all about. What I'm talking about is this idle chatter, this idle talk, this... And I guess when I think about that, I'm thinking of the kind of discussion and arguments just for the sake of arguments. And you know there's a something part of us, some part of us in our flesh that really enjoys that. 
I think I, I'm feeling fairly confident I can say that. Because I know that I'm not the only one who just for the pleasure of it will just peruse the feedback section on a video, for example, and look at what people are thinking about it. And you get your ire up and you really got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? What benefit is this doing? I mean, sure, sometimes you want to look at what people are saying, and I'm not saying you can't do that. But hear me. If you find yourself doing that to get riled up, to get angry, what's the point? God wants us to have a sound mind. How do you have a sound mind? Well, you meditate on the Word of God, which does not change. If you're meditating on a bunch of human opinions, which are all over the map, well, of course you're going to be all riled up. Am I riled up right now? (laughs) Good. I'm riled up. It's all in vain. It's kind of what Solomon would say at the end of... If you read uh, Ecclesiastes, at the end, he's talking about what things were important and what things were not important through life. And remember, this guy was a wise guy. God had given him riches and wisdom. So he recognized that there are certain things in life that were just not important. And I want to encourage you to really consider before you get into endless arguments and you know I must defend God on this particular thing do you think that any more arguments on the abortion issue are going to change that I I really think that that's so uh, entrenched in both sides their opinions that I don't see by arguing your case you're going to change somebody else now I guess I should rethink that just a moment here because that's not to say that you cannot speak for the unborn that's not what I'm saying at all but I think you I guess I pray that we all have wisdom when our time and efforts and arguments are spent in a way that's hurting that's, yeah, I guess I, hurting might be the word, is, is not bringing glory to, to our Lord. We need to bring glory to the Lord. We do that by stating uh, our, 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 the case for the unborn, certainly. But endless arguments just entrench both sides. And what, what good does that do? Now, new information like this ridiculous stuff that's going on with Planned Parenthood, new information like that must be challenged and must be brought to the awareness of everyone when there is what appears to be criminal activity going on. There needs to be accountability for that, certainly. 
But if you're going to go and get into a flame war with with uh, some forum blog situation and think you're going to add any new knowledge, you know, to the debate, I don't know. I think you might be just spinning your wheels. Maybe you should use your time better and go instead of you know engaging in flame warfare online go down and help a family who's dealing with an unwanted pregnancy and see if maybe you can help maybe offer to adopt you know things like this i mean actually get into real life instead of this virtual argument stuff in uh, first first Thessalonians there was a little quick section in there I think it might have been chapter 1 just a, just as just a sentence that kind of hit me uh, I think I would have skimmed right over it had I been reading it but when I was he- when I heard it it, it was kind of cool to see or hear and that was that chapter 2 because we loved you so much verse 8 we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well just that simple as that and that's kind of what I was telling you you know instead of getting into flame warfare once you get involved in the lives of people and actually offer the love of God instead of your opinions of man even though it is, you know, a godly opinion, wouldn't it be best to just share the love of God with people? So here, Paul is talking about how not only did we share the gospel, but we got involved with your lives as well. That speaks a lot. Because I want to hang with people that want to be real with me and that aren't just always preaching at me, right? I mean, who wants that? I mean, we we can appreciate preaching, but don't we want to be hanging with people that you can kind of, like, um, relax with? Don't feel like you're always having to, you know, be preached at? And on the other hand don't always feel like you have to be the one preaching at them can't we just hang out somewhere in those four books of the Bible Thessalonians and Timothy first and second Timothy there's talk of the fact that the gospel was for the people who really needed it those who are not living holy lives and listed a lot of the uh, you know groups of people sexually immoral those who are um, you know not following the way that's what that's what the word of the Lord in the gospel is for so if you ever think that this life of Christ isn't for you because you're not pious enough or perfect enough or whatever, that you're not whatever enough. Don't be deceived. This thing is for you exactly. 
In fact, you're better off if you understand that you're not perfect than someone who thinks that they are perfect. Because they are self-deceived. But let us not be arrogant, even in knowing that we're imperfect. You can be arrogant about anything. Somewhere here, there was talk of, um, you know, make sure that you don't just drink water. Paul is saying, you know, you can have a little bit of wine too so that your stomach is decent. I almost picture, I don't know if this is right or not, but I can almost picture that particular church saying, hey, you know, we know we're not supposed to be drunk with wine and because there's all sorts of abuses that take place with that. So no wine whatsoever, water only. And I, I almost picture this as they almost turned water into an idol here. And they could have had idle conversations. You touched wine. You are totally wrong. Don't you know that you have to be completely... We're the church of the water drinkers. And then you make that some kind of idol. And then you get into all these arguments about whether or not you had water for everything you drank today. I mean, I can see that. So Paul, I think this was Paul, was saying, Hey man, don't get caught up in that. You can have a little bit of wine. It's, it's, it's okay, you can chill a little bit. Now we know that the Spirit is where we're to be drunk with the Spirit and not be drunk with wine. So that statement there about the wine, it isn't some kind of liberty that you can go lose your inhibitions and, and, and lose your witness. But you can lose your witness a number of ways. And if you want to be the church of the water drinkers, you can lose your witness by being so legalistic about that then you completely don't have grace for someone else who is, you know, still drinking a shot of wine a day to keep the doctor away. In the big scheme of things, that little shot of wine is not a big deal. Love your neighbor. Share the love of gospel of the gospel. The life of Christ should draw men should draw others. If it truly is life, then you don't have to make all these rules to draw people to the rules. And you also don't have to live so free and full of ungodly liberty because, you're, because you've been told you can live free because God's grace covers all things. What we need to do is simply be like Jesus. We don't have to hype up the gospel and make it more than it is. We're not supposed to add or subtract to the word. We're supposed to live out the word. God's the judge, so it takes all the pressure off of us. Now, if you're in, in leadership, there is some requirements you have because now you're, you're dealing with more than just your life. You're dealing with a responsibility of, mo of more people. So you have to make 
decisions and be protective of your flock. But we ought to be loving people like Jesus would have loved them. And, and the way you know that is, see what Jesus did in Scripture. Now remember, love is also, I mean, Jesus loved, but he also challenged sin. He knew that, you know, sin is a problem. If it weren't, he wouldn't have been around, folks. He wouldn't have been on planet Earth if it weren't for the sin problem. So he understood the problem we have with sin. So I'm going to come all the way back full circle. When we're engaging in all this idle talk, all this bantering that I will suggest is not helping our cause. It gets people's mind off of God as the giver of life and gets him as just an object of scorn, really. If you're offended when somebody challenges our God, well, know that we're we were already told from the get-go that we were going to be persecuted for what we believe in. And if that's the case, that means that words are going to be part of that persecution. If you can't take the heat, I'm not going to say get out of the kitchen. If you can't take the heat, then ask God to give you some extra armor to be able to withstand those fiery darts. If you can't take the flames of the opinions of posters online because you got to somehow defend God, just be just be careful that you're not fueling the fire. Is it really doing good? And some and remember too, you know, scripture tells us how we're to deal with a brother. If you're doing this kind of flame warfare on Facebook with a family member, be very careful because you really should probably be dealing with that person one-on-one before you flame out for the whole world to see it. Do you know what I'm saying? No matter what kind of mistakes <laughs> the person you're trying to correct is making, as far as like blasting their whole world problems on the internet for the world to see, which is inappropriate as well. It just gets really easy to get into a flesh discussion and just have this little warfare going on in, in, in the virtual world. And it's not doing anybody any good. It's not a good witness. Everyone around you is shaking their heads like, Oh gosh, can you please put that discussion away? You know, some, you know, that's a private discussion, some of that stuff. So don't, don't put it out there. It, I know in the culture of today, it's really easy to keep things, it's quick and dirty. Yeah, it is quick and dirty. We're to be children of light. So let's get away from the idle stuff. The chit-chat. Let's get to some real 
important things. You know, it's really easy and quick and dirty to do some of that banter. And I'm I'm kind of picking on, you know, online stuff. Because a lot of times that's where we where you can find it happening a lot easier because it is quick but I'm also challenging us to not have you know spend time in idle um, arguments where you're debating you know debating silly things non-core issues of the gospel or spending time debating with somebody on whether Christianity is for real or not. I mean, at some point you have to realize that it's not really benefiting either person. I think you have to sometimes let that go and just pray for the person that they come to see the reality of the gospel. Because arguing with them isn't going to really help that. As I close today... I don't know if that came across harsh or not. I don't want it to come across harsh, but I think that we need to understand you know, where we stand. And Scripture was kind of being harsh about idle words and, and, and faulty arguments and arguments of man. Jesus didn't argue that much. He just told you the way it was. He gave you his and God's opinion about something. I happen to believe that that opinion was fact-filled and full of authority. And so we can work that way. Just make sure that the spirit that you're of is a good spirit. That's a, a spirit that wants to help people find the truth instead of just slamming what they think is their truth. Cool? So you, you can get help with that by staying in the Word, by living peacefully with your fellow man, by praying for those who persecute you, and not engaging in idle conversations. So I look forward to meeting with you guys again, and I will see you on the flip. Flip.